handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Brick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan. It is 3.15 Eastern on Sunday, February 6th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. But I, of course, am not in on the East Coast. I am in the West Coast. In the West Coast? On the West Coast? I'm in the Western States. I am in Pasadena in Los Angeles, California, with a black cat staring at me, scratching its post. My friend Nick has two cats. Um... As I, uh, and it's going to about to fucking jump on the table and look at my computer. Um, it's very frustrating. I don't really want a cat in my face. Fucking get out of here, please. I'm trying. Get out of here, god damn it. You're on my fucking computer, you fucking turd. Sorry. I know. You got to get the fuck down. All right. See? I can do that. I can, I can pick you up. I'm not afraid of you. Africat American. Anyway. <laughs> See, that's what I call black cats, African Americans. <laughs> All right, I just asserted some authority, some gentle authority, and they're actually kind of soft to pick up. They, they, it's, it's uh, okay. He's got, yeah, he's got two cats, um, and uh, okay, they've already interrupted the podcast. One of them is sneezing. The older one just left the room. The older one has a little bit more of a cookie sensibility, you know, just like, oh no, this big dude, I don't like him. But uh, man, it's been. Uh, what has it been? Two weeks, right? Since I saw the Cook's Bear? Uh, and the Righteous Girlfriend, of course. But Cookie, really, that's it. Because I'm going to see the Righteous Girlfriend this week. But Cookie's going to go... Cookie pissed in the elevator this week. So obviously, uh, she's feeling maybe a little separation anxiety. Maybe a little trauma without her, her big protector. Um, so that feels good. Isn't that sad how we feel about pets? It's like, oh, you're going through trauma. That's so cute. You miss me and it's making you piss and uncomfortable. Oh, so cute. Uh, <laughs> that's why I always say when Cookie's worried, I should be sad. 
but she looks so cute when she's worried. Like her ears go up and her eyes get sad and she like looks around and it's like, oh, you're so cute, even though what's going on inside your heart is probably uh, really terrible. But it looks cute and that's what counts. So anyway, I'm on the West Coast. Um, uh, please, please keep up with the blog if you listen to this podcast. Uh, there is a Chicago recap and a San Jose recap. And now, um, hopefully tomorrow, I will be able to bang out a, a, an L.A. recap. Uh, tomorrow's my last day in L.A. before I go to Vegas for a night. I'm going to see David Copperfield. It's just like my stopover. I take, I take Greyhound to Vegas. We're going to go see David Copperfield. Um, a very, you know, a very Vegasy thing. But I've heard nothing but great things, so I'm looking forward to it. Just copped the tickets to Copperfield. <laughs> Do you hear how shitty I'm getting at comedy out here in LA? And uh, then we drive to Utah for uh, a game Wednesday, the Jazz Warriors national TV on Wednesday. Then I have a show on Thursday at Wise Guys in Jordan Landing. And then another game where we're like eight rows behind the Jazz bench on Friday. And then I hop on the train for a tidy 55-hour trip back to New Jersey. So um, this has been um, a, a, a good trip, um, mostly stress-free, um, beautiful weather. Um, it's very difficult to do work in, in L.A. Like I'm not, and I don't, I'm, it may be a cliche, but it's, it's so nice. I've walked like an average of six and a half miles a day. I, I joined a gym for a week in Pasadena where I'm getting fucking swole because my, my shit gym in Jersey closed down a few months ago and it was terrible, but it did have heavy weights and stuff, but it was a piece of shit. But at least if I wanted to go heavier on, on certain exercises I, exercises, I could. But now I've been relegated to my building gym, which is very nice, has all the equipment I need, but the weights only go up to 50 pounds. So it's, it's like high rep stuff. So now I'm finally in like a big, nice gym with all the weights. And I've been getting in great workouts um, while I'm out here. So that, it's, it's just been – I've been eating obviously much worse. Not totally bad, but, but worse for sure. Um, but I've still been getting in, like, like I said, five or six miles of walking, a little, little vitamin D, hitting up the gym. Uh, so, so all overall, this has been a very healthy vacation. By by normal standards, my diet has has slipped, but for vacation standards, I'm fucking jacked, bro. Uh, <laughs> but um, this is sort of the end of a of a fun time. Obviously, uh, if you're listening to this and you're in 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 anywhere near Salt Lake or Jordan Landing, Utah. I hope you're coming. I hope you're getting tickets uh, for you and your friends or, or spreading the word to, to friends in the area because that's, that's an important show. And I'm going to post this podcast on Sunday, but tonight is a, um, you know, I would say the most stressful show of the year for me because it's LA. It's a big market and I don't know what ticket sales are going to be. I know, I know plenty of people have said they're going, but you know, 70 people in a 200 seat room ain't that great so I'm hoping I'm hoping it's more than that um not less but it could be I don't know so we'll we'll all, we'll all find out when I re- do the blog recap and post some photos to Instagram and whatnot but um then it's just uh we're on to billions on the 20th and then knee surgery and then I don't know I don't know what's going on uh with with my career with with either of my jobs so um I'm finally adjusting to West Coast sleep schedule. I'm still a little groggy, but I've I've done a valiant effort knowing that I had another week on the West Coast. I thought, yeah, I, I need to adjust. But uh, yesterday, without divulging too much, I had a uh, 
Uh, I went to the Soho House, which is like a very exclusive beautiful club restaurant in uh, Hollywood uh, with a, a, a reporter, a columnist for the Hollywood Reporter. Look at me. Look at me meeting big wigs. And uh, we had a great, a great conversation. We talked a lot about half blackface. He, you know, he was kind of getting my story. It's not for an article yet, but I think he's, he's, you know, he sees a future where he might write something on me. But he's, he's been a fan. He's been a, a good, good, good supportive soul uh, over the last couple of years since discovering my stuff. And um, yeah, we had a long talk, a very fun talk. Um, people definitely thought I was somebody when I walked in there because it's just Hollywood so little. And I think people, I was wearing like a a royal blue shirt and I think some people definitely thought I played for the LA Rams which I wasn't going to disavow them of that uh assumption uh but yeah it's just crazy like I am I am a very tall person and now that I'm a little more fit looking you know I look like are you somebody and I joked with him I said now I disappoint people twice people used to come up to me and say oh my god who do you play for and I'd be like nobody and they'd be like oh loser and I'd be like really just because I was just here minding my business and you hoped I was somebody that you don't know you could say I met a guy from a thing. I didn't know him. Because if, if you don't know me, if you have to ask who do I play for, then, then it doesn't really matter anyway. Like how, how fame hoary are we as a society? Like if you can't just say you're the guy from this, then I'm not famous enough for you to know. So what do you care? But then people would always leave disappointed when I was like, oh, no, I don't play for anybody. It's like, oh, I told you. No, he's a fucking nobody. And uh, you lost the bet. He's a loser. Um, and then... Um, uh, now like with comedy, it's like, Oh, do I know you? Well, I'm a comedian. Oh, what have you been in? Uh, this, this, and this. Nope. Doesn't ring a bell. And it's like, Oh, okay. So now I'm a nobody twice. Now you don't even know me for the thing that some people do know me for. Um, but we, it was a good conversation. A lot of talk about half blackface, um, which is just, I, I, I know I always have some sort of need for something to stress me out, but man, did I not see this one coming? Um, so I think my strategy for half blackface will be, is there any way we can salvage it as a special right now? Anyway, and if we can't, rather than reshoot it, which is like, as you heard on the bonus episode, rather than reshoot it, which feels sort of dumb, uh, reshoot it again, like just on the hopes, like let's reshoot it and then try to sell it. No, that can't be. And I don't know why it took me a few days to clear my head to realize that was an insane idea. What I will suggest and what I will not deviate from is either this thing gets put out as is with some editing tools and okay, so it's not Netflix, uh, it's not up to tech snuff for, for Netflix specifications or HBO Max specifications or Showtime specifications, but good enough for YouTube, good enough to maybe sell to my fans and, and to edit together into a nice, a nice uh, excellent special. Or we package it, we put it together as best we can. And we show it to Showtime, Netflix, HBO, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we say, okay, here it is. Here's the product. Do you want this? Then will you reshoot it. Then you cut a deal with us. He will reshoot it with you. That's what I will do. Um, and that's what I'm going to basically pitch, pitch my people on and see if that works. Um, because I'm not going to reshoot, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reshoot. I'm not going to delay this project another four to six months minimum. Try to get warm up gigs, etc., 
and then get it rejected again. Like, so then all I will have done was spend more effort, way more time to have the same exact result. So basically what I'm going to say is this is the only way I want it chopped. We put it together and you ask these platforms if they want to reshoot it. Um, plain and simple. That's the only way to do it. It makes no sense to reshoot it. They can see the product. You feel me? They can see the product. <laughs> it's done. So yes, we're not showing this to you for uh, to purchase. We're showing this to you to say, do you like it? Do you see this as potentially game-changing? Do you see this as a conversation topic, as a brilliant stand-up special? Then on your dime, you take ownership of it, and he'll redo it. He'll reshoot it. We set it all up, and he'll, he'll reshoot it even in the same venue if that works with you know better, better setup and, and, and no technical errors. And then we do that. So that's my plan. But I will not re. I I, I say to you on uh, on on the honor of a righteous prick podcaster, I can't reshoot this just on fucking faith. On like, oh, they're not going to look at if they're not going to. So let me get this straight: they're not going to watch a well shot special with with a with a slight technical error just for the content, so they can literally just have first dibs at purchasing a reshoot of the special. They can see the whole thing. They're not going to do that. They need to see a perfect special and then they'll decide if they want to buy it or not. That seems absurd. Um, and if it's, if that's the way things are, then fuck this business. And I say that, you know, just cause it makes no sense. Let's show them what we've got. And if they want to buy it, they can take ownership of it. They can make a deal and then they can shoot it. And then it's like, we're, we're in the money. Um, and we're, and we're home free, but I'm not reshooting it just for, uh, another attempt. I won't reshoot. I'll just, we'll fucking edit this as best we can and throw it on YouTube. Sadly, if, if, if that's what it comes to, but no. So that's my plan folks. That is my plan for, uh, that is my pandemic for, uh, half blackface. But yeah, it's, uh, it's real good. And I've been fucking crushing. I did a San Jose was real good. Um, if you're not following my Twitter or Instagram, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I was talking about the bus ride home from San Jose where there were some felons sitting. And I don't say that, um, like, like AM talk radio just refers to anybody, uh, with not a lot of money or melanin as a, as a thug or a criminal. These guys were actually literally just released from prison and dropped off at the, uh, at the bus stop, and they were like, "Why'd they bring us up to? Why'd they bring us up to San Jose? We have to make our way down to L.A." Um, well, that almost veered from stereotypical Mexican to Jean Claude Van Damme, but uh, it was a weird bus ride for sure. Um, one guy was saying he was in jail for six and a half years for assault and meth, and I could tell the meth part. I could definitely tell. Um, one guy was in there for 15 months and he was the one who kept borrowing people's cell phones and then going, God bless you. God bless. Oh, I was like, Oh man, you're trying too hard. You're definitely somebody who did something horrible. And then the third guy was quiet. And you know, as they say, still waters run homicidal. And at one point he just walked by my seat. I guess we were at a rest stop and I was uh, not too keen on leaving my bags unattended, but I did. Um, and and when I got back on the bus, I was just having my McDonald's milkshake because we are rest stop for a half hours at a McDonald's. But I brought a turkey sandwich with me so I wouldn't go full McDonald's meal. 
And it's called meal prep, folks. And then they were talking about, like I heard hear them talking about like people stealing stuff. Like they weren't stealing anything, but they would just came up. I guess, you know, you can take the con out of California penal, but you can't take the California penal out of the con. And uh, California penal, Mike Pence. And uh, then... I heard them talking about like stealing. And then the one guy just walked by me, the quiet one. And he said, I don't steal, I kill. And that was it. That was all he said. Those were the only words I think I heard him say all, all right, but I believe him. I was willing to take him at his word. See, that's not, that's, that's, that's showing respect to the, uh, the formerly incarcerated community. No, I believe you, sir. I will take you at your word. I don't need you to prove anything to me. Um, so it was a, it was a weird bus ride. Uh, it was a half bus ride. It was a bus ride to San Luis Obispo or whatever, Obispo. Nabisco. And, uh, then it was Amtrak from there to LA and what a beautiful ride. Seriously. Uh, I posted the pics, I think on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And it's, uh, that, that coastal ride on Amtrak is a, is a, is a legitimate fucking beauty of a ride. So I didn't regret my train travel at all. Everybody's like, why don't you fly? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't like small planes. Like I'm good taking the train and reading and watching a movie. Like I like the train, but, uh, obviously if I ever start touring and having a career, you know, then planes will become more of my, uh, everyday travel life as they used to be. But, um, yeah, just a lot hinges right now on, on what happens to half blackface. So I've given you my strategy on that. And, um, but I, I had a, a thought cause during this great lunch with the guy from the Hollywood reporter, it was just a really pleasant, pleasant time. Beautiful, beautiful club beautiful view of of all of like los angeles and it was it was dawning on me as i talked because for so long my ambition has been well i want to be a headliner and it's 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 never been about money or fame but i always assumed that if i got to where i thought i belonged as a comedian then money would certainly follow and potentially some fame now i had some some level of internet fame obviously in 2020 but as I was talking during this lunch and sort of laying out this process for half blackface and what I hope that I hope it's salvageable and I hope that even if it in its current form is not bought, if it can, if it can, there, the, the, obviously there's no harm done, really, only good things if, if this becomes a demo tape to a platform buying, buying it to be re-recorded. That's, that, yeah, I'll be the first one to be like, oh. Turns out everything happens for a reason, folks, and this is uh, this is uh, not just a silver lining. This is like you thought it was a cloud, but it turns out it was uh, not. And uh, so we'll 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 see on that. But as I was talking, I just found myself becoming very exhausted at the thought of a career in comedy, which is funny. I mean, I am exhausted, literally exhausted right now. But it's it's kind of a funny thing because this is what I've been striving for. But it's it's. The way I've done it, you know, with a full-time day job and with, like, bad sleep and traveling weird ways and just always hustling and putting out free stuff. And I know that's common, but there's, there's so many, there are so many comics who've done less with more, who are repped, who are this, and they do okay. And I've done better than them, it, but it's, it's fucking exhausting when you have no team, no backup. And then I thought to myself, I was like, so let me get, let's see, best case scenario, half blackface. We love it. We're Netflix. We love what you did. We want to reshoot this. We want to reshoot it in early May. Okay. 
and we're going to get out in the summer of 2022. And we're going to have a big PR campaign. Like I said, this is best case lottery ticket scenario. We're going to have billboards. We're going to make a big push. Our, our, our PR campaign is going to be on the, on the Grammy Emmy tip um, for this, whatever. Okay, let's just say that all happens. And all my dreams come true. And then they offer me, you know, then it becomes one of those, okay, we paid you 100000 for the first one, but we are prepared to pay $5 million for your second special. And we want to develop a sketch series. Ooh. And you got a tour. And I go, perfect. All right. Now I'm doing some, maybe some theaters, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of runs at A-list clubs, six shows, sold out. Okay, it's all going great. But, and I just, I thought about that. And how amazing that felt, that, that dream felt 10 years ago or even five years ago. But now after sort of enduring all of this through COVID and through the kind of baffling inability to get management and all these sort of things, it's kind of worn me out. And I'm not even like sad right now. I'm just like, I feel like I've done a full career just getting to where I could have a career. Like it wasn't like a seven-year process or where I was incrementally going up. I have, I've never had management. I've never had anything. Like it took 18 and a half years of like nothing but stress and effort just to get where and, – and that people can say, hey, sometimes it takes a long time. I go, no, there aren't a ton of people in comedy who've achieved what I've achieved and stuck at it this long without any help from either like established comedians mentoring them or re managers or agents helping book gigs for them and helping spread that. So it's, it's, an, it's a very weird and, and unique experience in terms of the fatigue that it's brought on me. And, then, and so it's sad. And I hope, I, I hope if, if, if I even get a third of the way towards like my dreams coming true, that it, doesn't, it hasn't beaten out the desire to, to, to fulfill them. You know, that I don't just sort of go, oh, well, I guess I, you know, part of me was laughing going, yeah, if the special gets sold and becomes a huge hit, all unlikely hypotheticals. But if it did, part of me would be like, can I just get one more special, like a huge payday and then retire like a cop after 20 years, just get your pension because it's like getting to this point has taken, it's like getting to the NBA finals, but you like, tore several muscles and have like a heart condition because it took so much effort to get there that you're like, Oh, we got swept 4-0 in the finals because it was, even though this was our dream achievement, it was like we had nothing left in the tank when that, when the, when we finally reached the promised land. And obviously I, I, I think that's, you know, mostly the fault of bad luck and a stupid industry, but it doesn't change the fact that like, Part of me was thinking, man, if this could sell, I really think it would change my life and really be just a, a, a great, great special. I'd be so happy. But then I was like, oh, but it would feel more like I reached the finish line, not like can I start this over again and now travel for 45 weeks a year. Like being away from home is like, even though I'm in very comfortable surroundings and with, with, with some friends, it is, uh, you know, when you, you've been away from, you've, you've spent so much time away from home and you haven't been paying, you know, there's a comedy cliche, which is like, you don't pay me to do the shows, you pay me to leave home. So the more popular, the more popular you are, the more um, impressive your body of work, the more you get paid. Yes, of course, part of that's a reflection of your fan base and your talent. But, you know, like the cliche goes, it's like, well, I, you know, 
I'd like to be home. Um, and you know, so we'll see. It's, it's just, it's, uh, something that was running through my head. Um, because it's, it's, uh, it's been a long journey and I don't know if I'm going to get to the finish line where I want it to be. But obviously when you're having conversations and coming up with ideas and strategies, you, 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 you look forward and try to be optimistic and try to try to carve out some sort of path to success. And then you just start to think, what does success look like? Because I know what failure looks like. I know what struggle has looked like in comedy. I know what frustration has looked like. But it's like, man, just uh, who knows? Who knows? But that's the plan for Half Blackface. That's the plan I have. Will it work? I don't know. But I hope it does. Um, I guess I don't have much. What else do I have to report? I went to the, com- the, the Magic Castle. My friend... My friend Nick is a magician there, and it's it's always one of those funny things where you start to learn more and more about your friends, and you realize in L.A., if you say the comedy cast, the magic castle, people know what that is. It's like an exclusive club. But he would always say to me when I'd come out here, he's like, oh, and if you if you want, I can get you into the the, com- the magic castle if you want. And I'd, I'd be like sleepy because I wouldn't have adjusted to the time, and I'd be like, hey, yeah, yeah, some other time. But thank you. Yeah, thanks for letting me know. But it wasn't until my last visit here, which was either 2016 or 2017, I was supposed to come out in 2020, but some shit happened. Um, but I was uh, coming out in 2016. I, I was here in 2016 or 2017. And he finally like explained to me what it was because I just always thought it was like, oh, is that like you're just inviting me like you have passes to someplace? But he explained that he was like an accomplished magician, that it was like this exclusive club. And I was like, oh, I feel like a dick that I've been just kind of blowing it off. Like it's obviously something impressive and cool. So we went twice this trip. And yeah, saw some, some good magic. Saw my friend do some good magic. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, that's it really, though. I just I, did, I walked. I tried to clear my head. I've done some killer shows. I had, a, I had, a, I had a, good, a real good set in San Jose. Just read the blog for that. But then I had a show Thursday night back in L.A. that I blew the fucking roof off the place. And that just felt so good. Like I felt like I really feel like I'm in just such a strong zone right now. Uh, stand-up wise. So that's, that's good. Um, you know, but once again, pride in my work and performance quality has never been my real issue in comedy. So I think that's it. I don't need to, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling particularly funny. I'm not for good news folks. I'm not feeling particularly down in the dumps, but I'm also not feeling particularly funny. So I don't need to waste, I think any more of your time, but I will say this, it's just very bizarre. Um, I'm preaching to the choir here, but my God, if you can't make my show, just shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's okay. Just don't say anything. Um, Like some person was writing to me like, "Uh, I'd love to make it Sunday, but I think my work would look down on it. I I, I guess, what does that mean? You have to work early on Monday? I don't give a fucking shit. And I don't mean that to sound callous, but it's like, this isn't a wedding. Just don't go to the show. The people who keep flooding going, oh, you know, it's always a steady stream of, can you go here? What about Harrisburg, Chicago, Salt Lake City, and L.A. makes you think that I have like a major strategic booking agent and plan? I'm going where I get booked. Do you think I'm boycotting XYZ cities? Because I'm not. But it's just a very bizarre thing. And people, you, you post you're somewhere and they just have to go, you got to come here. I go, okay. You would probably have more luck if you called your comedy club and asked them to book me than I would because some of these clubs that people request me, I've been emailing them for, and I shit you not, a fucking decade. Um, like the punchline in Atlanta, who's, which is just, I, there's, there's just no way at this point to not feel 
homicidal when I think of how, how badly I've been jerked around by that club. But just there's a bunch of clubs that I've worked that don't email me. Like they just they, – they have no – you know, and these are – some of these clubs are places that I thought were run by good dudes. And, but they, they, they maybe cater to their local, their local comics and to big headliners. But if you're in between that, they, they treat you like shit or they, they ignore you. They, they, you get no professional respect or courtesy. This is why I shouldn't talk about comedy anymore because, see, I, was, I got through it positively and now this is where we're at. So – just the idea, I can't, I think that's partly what exhausts me. Obviously, if I had people doing all this for me, I wouldn't have to worry about it. They could just present it to me like, hey, do you want to do Denver? It's five grand for, for four nights. Yep, let's do it. Or nope, can't do it, don't want to do it, whatever. But the idea of just constantly having to put yourself out to get bookings and get ignored and, and, and the ones that hurt the most, that make you feel the most worthless as, in terms of your career choice are, of course, the 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 places you've performed that you've like had good interactions like places i've been multiple times that that have ignored my emails for the last year and a half like what the fu- like and that's the, that's part of the exhaustion of like why be part of this business you, i'm i'm desperate for favors from from people who are generally lazy or shitty or 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 scummy you're like what why that's that's not what i want to do and that's you know, but when you can't get an agent or manager, you end up being your own agent or manager, which is just more exhausting, more depressing. So big show tonight, though, in L.A. So I'll, I'll thank you for allowing me to shake this shit off. But uh, and then a vacation week, even though I have a show in Utah. So I have to kind of slightly stress about obviously getting tickets sold to that. But at least my paycheck is not dependent on how many tickets I sell. I sell just my pride. <laughs> So hopefully that show uh, goes well. And I'm just real tired. Um, but, but, you know, refreshed to a certain extent. But, you know, I think I would have been better off just coming out here and going to bed at 9 p.m. every night and be like, wake up, morning, rise and shine. Let's get some vitamin D and some, let's do some work. But, you know, of course, I, I had to go out a few times and I don't, I'm not practiced anymore in terms of going out. You know, I used to, I used to drink till four in the morning after shows, not because I was an alcoholic or a big party, but you just, you want to do it. And now after a show, you're lucky if I stay out for a half hour before I just go eat a cookie and pass out on bed because I'm fucking old. But, uh, any, any content to report? I did watch news of the world on HBO max. Uh, I think I said this last week that I was going to watch that, um, on my tablet. It was okay. I could have skipped it. Disappointing considering it's Tom Hanks and Paul Greengrass directing, writing and and directing, but it was just okay. Um, So I wouldn't recommend it. It's not horrible, but I just wouldn't. It's not worth two hours of your time. You can just skip it, which is disappointing because I I really thought it was going to be better considering, you know, talking Paul Greengrass and Tom Hanks. That's those are heavy hitters in the directing and acting communities. But um, I guess that's it. Yeah, nothing else. I guess, I've, I mean, that's probably a good thing, right? Like I've been sort of not spacing out, but just kind of, you know, just trying to relax a little on this half vacation. So that's just, I guess this is just another update podcast. I'm sure once I'm back in, oh, and next week's will be another train recording. <laughs> There'll be a train podcast next week as I travel back across the country to home sweet home. Um, but uh, so that'll be fun. I think the train episode was really good. 
on the way out. So hopefully, you know, as I, the closer I get to home, the closer the episodes will get back to normal, but hopefully without all the depressing shit. Uh, so thanks for listening. Um, I'm sure I'll see some of you, uh, tonight, um, at flappers in Burbank. If you happen to hear this before and you needed the reminder, well, here it is. Uh, obviously Salt Lake city people go get your, uh, go get your tickets to Jordan landing, the wise guys in Jordan landing. And, uh, besides that, no news is good news, I guess, except when it comes to my special. But other than that, no news is good news. So I uh, hope you're having a good uh, February so far, wherever you are. Stay safe. Get boosted. Let's get back to normal. And uh, I will see you next Tuesday, even though this is going up on a Sunday. Not afraid of being inconsistent and waiting till the very end to do a Ron Reagan Jr.